Wirebank Sucks listeners. This is James Baca, the host of the Wirebank Sucks podcast, inviting you to join us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Wirebank Sucks. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support the podcast, which helps us pay the bills. Take care of our responsibilities and allows yours truly, James Baca, the ability to work full-time battling big banks with this patented version of Vigilante Customer Service. The Wire Bank Sucks podcast not only discusses what is wrong with big banks, but it also lends a hand to clients in need who are being taken advantage of by bigger banks such as Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, among others. For $1 a month, you can show your support in the battle for better bank service. We also have bonus podcasts and content, along with merchandise at the $2, $5, $15, and $35 levels, and you also have the ability to donate what you think we are worth. PayPal is also accepted, but I prefer to show strength in numbers by going to patreon.com slash wirebanksucks to support this podcast. We would love to have you as a patron and love that you're allowing James to work full-time kicking the butts of big banks. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Wire Bank Sucks Podcast. My name is James Bach, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does, in fact, suck very much. Um, holiday weekend approaching. It's going to be one of those crazy times at bank branches. And I always, always say this to my listeners, to the followers on Twitter, everyone. There's going to be long lines. Okay, the first and the third of the month are always the busiest times of the month. Social Security, disability, retirement, a lot of people get paid during those days. There's crazy lines in one teller in most locations. And um, I'm just saying this as a public service announcement, and I, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Please, 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 yes, it sucks. I hate those lines. I hate being in those long lines. I don't like lines in Vegas when I check in the hotel. Um, I've never been to Disneyland, but I've seen you know people wait three or four hours for a ride, according to their you know social media posts. I, I'm not a big fan of that, but please do not ever blame the tellers. Do not yell at the tellers. Do not spout and spew anger towards them being a teller was the hardest job i ever had it's the worst job i've ever had it's the most thankless job i ever had and they complain just as much about the situation as you do in line so please give courtesy to them thank them for what they do because you know what even though they may be slow as hell they are told to be slow as hell because the managers are supposed to be you know probing the line for sales so thank them for what they do and leave a survey and don't say the teller was slow say management only put one teller on the line it was a long wait i had to cancel plans whatever let them know through your surveys do not yell at someone whose job it is is to help you and they have no control over the speed of how they help you so i'm just putting that out there um this is gonna uh, post on july 3rd so july um, 3rd is one of the busier days of the year at the bank july 4th is closed tomorrow and then friday the 5th may be twice as busy so if you're listening to this podcast and you're going into a bank branch you know thank the tellers for what they do because that's a job that's not going to be around very much longer and i got to tell you um i'm really glad that i had that job to understand um what a crappy job it is i was a teller during the 2008 banking crisis and i gotta tell you i was the reason for most of uh, bank of america wells fargo and chase's problems you know i was a part-time teller while going to school yet i probably heard more crap about that than the ceo ever did personally face to face so i gotta tell you think a teller because they're not going to be there very much longer and your line your wait's going to be even longer or it may not ever exist anymore because there's not going to be a place to do your deposit aside from the atm or using the app so i'm just putting it out there 
be nice to them, be courteous. Yes, it sucks. We all believe it sucks. That's why I have a podcast called Why Your Bank Sucks. You can, um, you know, speak all you want on my voicemail line, 575-322-4127. Leave surveys with Bank of America. Blast them on Twitter and social media. That's how you get things done. Leave the entry-level employees alone, please. Today's podcast is going to be an interesting one. We have two topics to discuss. One of them is something that's been in the news, and I've been trying to avoid it because of the political ramifications of it. Bank of America announced that they're no longer doing business with private prisons. And it made my job that much harder in social media because there were so many people from the right side of the political debate just bombarding Bank of America with hate, with you know, discussions that had to do more with politics than the banking. So I tried to steer clear of it, and it was hard to really find people to assist with bank problems through all that. And I and I kind of waded through, and it was kind of hard, but I got the job done. Um, and like I said, I was going to avoid the topic altogether because it's something that's out of my league. I don't want to deal with politics. I just want to deal with helping people. But an interesting Wall Street Journal article by the writer Rachel Ensign, um, someone who I've talked to in the past, um, was published yesterday and it made me open my eyes and it actually pissed me off more than it should and um, today's topic is going to be why both sides of the aisle should really hate Bank of America for what they've done in the last few weeks because it is pandering to say the least on both sides of the debate so I wanted to let you guys know um, about what I read and I'm going to share that um, link in the show notes as well and um, I'm going to talk about a problem that I've seen with um, ATM deposits, particularly in Texas, but it's happened in California and other states too, where um, people are depositing money at the place where, you know, bankers are trying to get you to go and you're not getting credit for it. And in fact, a lot of customers are losing money and I've spent a lot of time fighting to get their money back for them. It's a really terrifying uh, topic to talk about. So after this brief promotional consideration, we'll uh, talk about it some more. So please stick around. My name is James Baca, the host of the Wire Bank Sucks podcast. The Wire Bank Sucks podcast is looking for enthusiastic and excellent sponsors for the show. Join us on our revolutionary podcast where we discuss things that make banking clients think and act decisively. Yours truly, James Baca, a 13-year veteran of retail banking and sales, can help your business shine through with an effective partnership with my podcast. We have, on average, as of June 2019, 8,000 listeners per episode and growing from all walks of life, a burgeoning follower base on Twitter and Instagram, along with nearly half a million Twitter impressions regularly. Get your business promoted on the most unique podcast out there, Wire Bank Sucks. For more information on sponsorship opportunities, Follow Bank Screwed Us on Twitter and direct message. Email james at wirebanksucks.com or please call our voicemail line at area code 575-322-4127. We're looking for the best. We're looking for the greatest. We're looking to help grow your business and we're looking to help grow our podcast. Let's make it happen, guys. Wire Bank Sucks, looking for sponsorship opportunities. Please call today. All right, we are back. So I mentioned that today's topic was something that I didn't want to talk about because of the political nature of it. But um, a recent article that actually published yesterday made me want to talk about it because I was really upset about um, what Bank of America was doing in kind of promoting one agenda and then basically doing a 180 on the people that were supporting them. And it was the most shameless move that I've ever seen Bank of America do. And that's saying something. I've been affiliated with them for 15 years. Um, I'm sure you saw that um, on CNN or any of the national news places. 
Bank of America announced a couple of weeks ago that they're no longer going to um, do business with companies that run private prisons or detention centers. And, of course, this is a big topic of debate with the immigration thing going on um, pretty close to where I live. I'm in Las Cruces, New Mexico. There's a lot of these um, detention centers that are about 30, 40 miles away from me. Um, they're within a quick drive from where I'm at. So it's something that we see on the news every day over here, something that I follow. And, you know, I know it's a big political debate, and that's all fine i love people who feel enthusiastic about something both sides of the way i know that sounds like i'm pandering to everyone too but it's not i really love when people have beliefs it's the most important thing because a lot of people don't even have that basic set of beliefs whether they i don't whether i agree with them or i don't um to to have a thought and your and your true belief system believes that is really um, something that I appreciate because the world has turned into something that is uh, quite the opposite of that. But, I mean, you know, these are human beings and these are jails and these are things that people have to deal with. And as taxpayers, all of us have um, money that is going into the government that is kind of funding these things. And whether you agree with it or not, you are a part of that system and, you know, like I said, already talking about it, I already feel the political nature of the talk, and I just don't like that. But I want to stick to the banking part of it, and I want to stick to how it impacts customers from both sides and why both sides of the debate should really dislike Bank of America right now. So um, this is from CNN.com on June 26th, and I just randomly picked a news story. I don't have any leanings towards liking CNN or disliking CNN. It's just, you know, the first thing that came up. Um, and it's something that just is not slanted. It just tells the facts. It says, Bank of America will end its association with companies that provide prisoner and immigrant detention services on both the state and federal levels. The move comes amid growing public concern about the nation's, nation's border policies. A spokesperson said Wednesday the Bank of America has discussed the issue with clients that provide these services, while the bank appreciates, quote, steps they have taken to properly execute their contractual and humanitarian responsibilities, it ultimately decided to, quote, exit the relationships, end quote. Lacking further legal and policy clarity and in recognition of the concerns of our employees and stakeholders in the communities we serve, it is our intention to exit the, these relationships, the spokesperson said. I'm sure it's Colleen Haggerty, but whatever. Um, the spokesperson, she's the one that does all these um, statements here. The Miami, Miami Herald previously reported the Bank of America was a financier of Caliburn, which the newspaper said runs a facility called Homestead under a U.S. government contract. He said the bank provided a $380 million loan to the company and a $75 million credit line. Wow. Uh, the paper indicated that it's not a prison, but protesters say it functions as one. The miners held inside are not allowed to leave. End quote. So, you know, basically they're lending hundreds of millions of dollars. And I know this from working at a bank. One single bank does not loan the money whenever you start to get into the hundreds of millions or billions of dollars banks come together so bank of america and city bank of america and chase bank of america and wells fargo work together to kind of finance these huge loans to these companies so you know with the whole debate going on with what banks are doing at one bank's art at the end of the day in order for these loans to happen all of them have to get together and agree saying yeah should we lend half a billion dollars to this company uh, Bank of America, you pitch in 50 million. Chase, you pitch in 50 million. And that's how these things get done. So, 
you know, the, the whole part of the actual detention centers and who's in them and what's going on, that's not the important part. The important part is banks have to get together and lend this money. And this is money that they, you, you know, get from you, the deposit holders. So whenever you're depositing money and you have 100000 in the account, the capabilities of a bank to loan money to businesses comes from the fact that they hold your deposits. They're not lending your money per se, but that allows them um, the financial stability to lend money because they said, oh yeah, we have James Baca's $5,000 in his account and we got Joe Smith's 10000 in his account. You build up a nest egg, you build up assets, and then the bank says, well, you know what, we got a trillion dollars in assets, so of course we can help finance a $50 million loan because we have enough to keep us solvent and to keep us in business. So that's the part of it that a lot of people don't understand, you know what I mean? It's It's something that... You know, they look for the best business decision and the fact that, you know, the bank is going to lend $50 million and let's say it's at 5% interest, you know, over the course of one year, that's a lot of money. That's $2.5 million that they're going to earn in interest um, just on a $50 million loan at 5%. So, you know, it's a lot of money that is going to be had by the banks. And, you know, the big topic of debate was Bank of America was still uh, giving money to these companies and a lot of people were upset about it. So this news article that came out that basically said that um, we see that they're working hard to properly execute their responsibilities, but we ultimately decided to exit our relationship with them. Um, and one of the things that the spokesperson said in another article that I read was they did um, something called site inspections for their business where they basically send someone out there, a banker, to view the business, to view who they're lending money to, to make sure that it's something that's financially relevant for the bank so they go check it out they go say hey well you're using our money what are you going to use it for well we're going to use it for this that and the other thing you know it's a conversation that's done one-on-one -on -one. i can tell you as a small business banker here in new mexico anytime i would open up um, an account for a restaurant and they wanted to set up let's say credit card services or they wanted to get a loan um, we'd have to sign a paper called a site inspection form so basically, when it's, let's just say credit card services. So whenever someone wanted to accept credit cards at their store, um, the people in small business would call me and say, Hey, James, um, do you know where this restaurant's located at? Yeah, it's just right down the road from us. It's about a mile away. Um, we have to fill out something called a site inspection, and rather than pay someone to actually go there and walk around and see the facilities, we'll take your word for it. So um, we're going to fax over this document, you know, if you can get it. Sign your name on it just saying that you did the site inspection for us and you walked through it and you got to see what they're going to use the money for and they showed you around the building. Sign in and fax it back. That way we can get them approved. I did that probably about 50 times in the times I worked at Bank of America. So long story short, I lied. So Bank of America's merchant services told me to lie and say that I visited this business and I feel that it's a relevant business that can use our services, which for most restaurants obviously you can, but... Basically, I was signing a piece of paper pushed on me by Bank of America Merchant Services saying, yeah, we looked at this and it's all legit. And I would sign this paper and send it and, um, you know, off everything went. They would get their credit card machine and business could start happening. The reason why I bring that up is the fact that they said that they didn't sign inspection for these prisons. I don't believe it happened. I believe, you know, they said that they were reviewing everything. Because if you're a banker, you know, why are you going to say, hey, you know, should this bed be this hard? Do they all get blankets? Or why is this person starving? Or why is this sick person in with 50 other people in a jail cell? They're bankers. They don't know a damn thing about that. So whenever they talk about science inspections, I, I call BS on that. 
because it's something that they don't know what they're looking for. They're not they're not humanitarians. They're not the Red Cross. They don't know what's going on. They're people who are lending money. So all the other stuff that goes on with whether it's a private or public prison, they don't know because that's not the background that they have. I don't know anything about prison, so that's why I don't speak on it. I don't know if what's going on is bad or good because I've never been in prison nor have I worked in one. So that's that's the topic of debate for other people, not me. The banking part of it says it's a lie, though. The fact that they reviewed these facilities and they made a decision to end their relationship. So after that happened and they announced that they were pulling it, I mean, everyone from the conservative side of things was on Bank of America's ass on Twitter. Uh, Bank of America routinely gets about 30 to 40 tweets an hour at them, usually about poor customer service. We were up to about 150 to 180 tweets per hour about, screw you, F you, Bank of America, you're the worst, we're leaving our accounts, we're taking our 50-year relationship elsewhere, we're closing our business accounts with you, we're never going to do this again, blah, 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 blah. It's rough. And and on both sides of the aisle, um, those you know those people can get rough whenever they believe something, and it was scary, and it was just a lot of threats, a lot of anger, and um, a lot of times the people that are the angriest don't have anything to do with what's going on there. So I tend to ignore you know comments from both sides of things. Uh, the thing that was the most frustrating thing though was it kind of impeded my help for other people. So there was just hard to just wade through all these comments and say, hey, um, I'm trying to find someone who needs help with fees or something, but everyone's talking about this prison story. you know. And it was the biggest Bank of America topic that I've seen in quite a long time online. Um, so there were so many people kind of just muddying the waters for me to help people. And I was kind of upset about that, but I understand. Like I said, I'm I'm fine with you being passionate about something, even if I agree or don't agree with it. Um, so that was really interesting to see. So basically, you know, a lot of people said they were going to close their relationships out with Bank of America, you know, and I, I, I understand. I don't, I don't get what that has to do with your checking account, but I understand if your belief system is impeded by someone you're doing business with and you have more than a right as an American to do that. So it was a lot of that negativity. I tried to steer clear of it. I didn't want to get cheap followers by just saying, yeah, yeah, get out of Bank of America. That's just not the way that I roll. I want to get my followers the good, honest way by helping people, not by just saying, yeah, you know, good for you on situations like that. So it finally died down, you know, a couple days ago, first of the month. I had a lot of first of the month problems, people who couldn't cash checks, people who were overdrawn and whatnot. And then uh, Rachel Ensign, who's a reporter for the Wall Street Journal, who's, who follows me, actually, and someone that I've talked to and I hope to talk to in depth in the future because I want to help um, bring my podcast and book projects to light. Um, she had an article that published from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. And um, the, the headline is, Bank of America cut off private prisons weeks after lending to one. Bank of America said last week it would stop doing business with private prisons. What the bank didn't say, it had recently agreed to lend $90 million to one of the largest companies in that business through 2024. And I'll just stop at that paragraph right there, and I'm going to link up to the article in Wall Street Journal. It's a really good one. It's something that you should really read. Um, but it's funny that a couple of weeks before they said, oh, we want nothing to do with these you know, private detention centers, they lent $90 million to one of them in a five-year term loan. 
It's amazing to me how much money that is, $90 million. It's not a, hey, yeah, we're going to lend you $10,000 for this and that. $90 million is probably 30 times more than what I will make in my life. And they lent it to this company. Now, the week prior, as I mentioned, with all the negativity coming from the right side of the debate, all the all the lefty people, all the uh, progressive liberal people who wanted these places shut down, we're like, high five, Bank of America, good job. You're getting out of that industry. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It's something you shouldn't be a part of. I'm glad you have a moral compass. I'm glad that you did that. I'm going to bank at Bank of America now because of uh, what I heard in the news, that they're they're ahead of the game. They're getting out of this place that's harming kids and harming people who are just trying to look for a, a new home or whatever. I saw so much high fives from people who don't high five usually on Twitter. You know, people were you know really praising bank of america for the move and it just seemed like bank of america was like oh yeah come on we want you back we want all those people that we alienated in you know the one percent movement in 2011 and 2012 to come back after all these years of hating us and we want to show that we do have a moral compass and we're doing this because we're getting out of this industry so when this article came out yesterday it made me feel so mad for the people who felt both ways because basically they said we're getting out of the business yet they will still have a loan payment coming from the private prison companies for the 90 million dollars that they lent them and i went to a loan calculator website just you know just for giggles here calculator.net i just put just a basic amortized loan just for 90 million dollars and it's a five-year deal so until 2024 and then I just said, what the hell, a 6% interest rate on $90 million. So basically, the the private prison company, if it was a, a term of five years, that $90 million, and their minimum payment was, you know, 1.5% or whatever, it's usually something like that, of whatever the principal balance is, they'll have to pay about $1.7 million every single month to pay back the loan within five years. So 60 payments at $1.739 million is $104 million $397,128.26. So total interest that will be paid on this if they have a structured payment like that on a 6% interest rate would be $14,397,128.26. Bank of America will profit $14 million from these private prisons and private detention centers in the next five years. $14 million, guys. 14, I, I just, I can't believe that. So, yes, in the grand scheme of things, Bank of America made $28 billion last year. $14 million is a mere drop in the bucket. But the, the simple fact is this, okay? So the fact that they are profiting $14 million after they said they're getting out of the industry should tick off the people who were high-fiving them last week saying, hey, wait a second, you guys said you were getting out of the business. Why are you still profiting from these things that we think are disgusting? So... Uh, Rachel's article is great, and it, and you know Wall Street Journal is a big publication. It should be out there, so people should get wind of this and see the hypocrisy from the right, you know, from the left side of the debate. Excuse me, uh, about what they were doing. They were basically saying we're taking a stand, but secretly a couple of weeks before they signed a contract, a loan agreement that says, yeah, you guys are going to pay us a million seven hundred thousand every month, and we're going to make fourteen million dollars of interest off of you for the money that we lent you. That's got to piss off those people um, on the left side of things because, you know, they said we're going to take a stand, but they're still pocketing 
a good chunk of money every single month for the next five years and it's horrible that's that's just that's just a flat-out lie that Bank of America told now for the people on the right side of the debate who said that they were gonna leave because Bank of America was exiting that business and they felt that they were doing you know virtue signaling and all that stuff and they're saying hey you guys are more you know leaning towards the other side and we don't want to do business with that I mean yeah I guess they should feel happy that the fact that in a way they still did business with one of those companies but the fact that you talk out of both sides of your mouth and say hey we're not gonna do this anymore and you're basically saying well then you must not be American if you don't feel the way that I do and then find out that they're still secretly taking money all while taking a public stance that we're not gonna do this anymore that should piss off people on the right side of the debate too it's crazy it's crazy I, I, I tweeted at someone last night who was a writer for um, a program on HBO who you know tweeted about this and I said I've never seen where one story both made people happy and pissed people off at the exact same time for the exact same thing that happened nothing changed nothing changed with how bank of america did this they let out a story saying we're no longer gonna you know fund these private detention centers and within a span of seven days both sides of the debate said yeah bank of america good for you and then both sides of the debate said you guys are horrible and i'm leaving and you guys are ridiculous you guys just think of yourselves and whatever i've never seen polar opposites from the same side of the debate from both sides of the debate ever I, I just can't believe it I can't believe how angry people are about that and and um, since Rachel's article came out yesterday I haven't seen a lot of play on Twitter about it I've seen a lot of people share it but not tons of people um, and I'm sure it's gonna grow I'm sure word is gonna spread because Wall Street Journal is a huge publication as well um, but whenever the first thing came out, of course, a lot of people on the right side of the debate were sharing it, and a lot of these, you know, conservative talk people were sharing this, saying, "Don't bank a Bank of America because of this." Um, I really hope this one gets an equal amount of play, and I don't really have a dog in the race. As I said, I try to be as apolitical as possible, but I wanted to discuss this because I wanted to say, "Hey, guys, both both sides of the debate should be really pissed about this because both sides of the debate." were taken for fools. Both of them were lied to, basically saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to we're going to stop doing this and this is what we're going to do for the left side of things. Guess what? They're they're going to make 15 million dollars almost on interest on the loan that they did before they said that they hated those companies. And on the right side of things, they're basically saying, "Hey, we're no longer doing business with a company that's trying to help our country." And whether you agree with it or not, the people on that side of the debate really really feel strongly about that and they should be upset as well. It's weird. It's a weird topic, and I just wanted to address it out there because so many people were talking about it, and I really think that there's going to be more news about this soon. Um, Bank of America is such a polarizing company as it is, and, and this just is only going to make it more polarizing, and I really think that at the end of the day, they made a strategic business decision. I hate saying that phrase, by the way. Um, to not you know do business with these guys anymore because they feel that the publicity is not worth the the small profit in the terms of 14 million dollars is small to them that they're gonna gain I really feel the long-term play is getting out of those businesses because frankly they don't like lending business you know businesses as much as a bigger bank should I, I don't I don't know what it is but I rarely saw business loans while I worked at the bank. I've never completed a business line of credit in the time that I worked at the bank because it was hard to get those suckers approved. So they're skeptical of everything. They don't want to help most businesses because of the R word risk and and you know 
prisons be whatever they may are a risky proposition. The hell, they think restaurants are risky. So, you know, the fact that they make a decision and say, hey, well, we did this and we're not going to, you know, after, you know, analyzing all the data and talking to all these people, we decided not to do business with them anymore. Well, they had all the time in the world to do that before they lent the money. They were just looking for some quick ways to earn money. And then this news story broke and all of a sudden it became a hot topic. And Bank of America wants to steer clear of hot topics. And at the end of the day, they really pissed off both sides of the debate. Expect a lot of backlash for this the next several weeks. Um, you know, stick around for this podcast. If something of note comes up, we'll talk about it. But I'm just stunned by how polarizing this story is. So I'm going to just try to stay away from it from now on. Um, we'll talk about, you know, newsworthy um, events as they occur, of course. But wow, I, I just can't believe that Bank of America really successfully pissed off both um, both sides of a debate with one story. Go figure. Um, after this brief promotional consideration, we'll get to our other topic of the day, which is ATM mishaps. Stick around, please. All right, and we are back. So the last topic, I just want to make it kind of short and sweet. There is a known flaw with Bank of America deposits at ATMs um, in a couple of states, and I'm sure it's everywhere. Um, but basically, you know, this, you know, banks are trying to get you out of a teller line and they want you to do alternative ways of banking such as ATM deposits, mobile deposits, use Zelle, evil Zelle to transfer money and all that good stuff. It's um it's flawed and I've always thought it was flawed from the time that I worked there to the time I left to right now. There's a lot of things you can and can't do correctly with all those um alternative ways of banking and depositing cash at the ATM used to be the one kind of steady thing because it could only credit what it accepted so it's not like there would be an error that's in the bank's favor or anything like that with the exception of you know sometimes the machines break down and maybe it doesn't credit you right away but literally in the last two weeks I've had about 13 people in three different states complain to me about issues going on with their ATM and what's going on is they're depositing cash. It doesn't matter if it's $20 or $1,000 into the cash feeder. And the ATM either glitches and it reboots and it restarts with the money already sucked in and the customer's card still sucked in and it reboots and either the card is kept or nothing is processed. Or what's happening is it'll accept the money, it'll spit out a receipt, and it'll say, well, we counted X amount of dollars, which is different than the amount that was put in. And it says, we apologize for the inconvenience. We had a technical issue. Please call this number for further information. So basically, short changes you. It accepts the money, something glitchy happens, and it doesn't give you full credit for it. The reason why I bring it up is because a lot of people are calling that number. Or whenever, in the case of the, the machine rebooting, they're reaching out to Bank of America saying, hey, I didn't get credit for this money I deposited Saturday night. Where is it at? And usually, whenever this would happen at the branch when I was there, and it didn't happen often because people weren't using the ATMs as often, um, you know, even a couple of years ago, we would put them on the phone with the claims department. They would say, hey, yeah, we see that you put your card into ATM ID, whatever. Um, you said you made a deposit for 100 Okay, yeah, well, we'll credit $100 for you right now. We'll investigate it, and we'll make the credit permanent once we do an, an audit of the cash that's in the ATM, and we'll find your error. It used to be short and sweet, and, you know, they used to give credit within a few hours, so, you know, people were inconvenienced just for a short amount of time. Now, the people that I've helped, you know, all dozen or so, 
have said that Bank of America does not give them provisional credit whenever there's an error like that. So what Bank of America is doing is they're actually holding the claim off for up to 10 days, 10 business days. And at that point in time, they'll make a decision um, to give you the permanent credit or not. But here's the kicker. The people that I've helped have been declined of their claims. Even though they deposited money, even though they have receipts saying an error happened, Bank of America, what they do is they, they run a self-audit and the, the ATM is not saying that there's any problem. So they say, well, the ATM doesn't say there's a problem, so unfortunately we're denying your claim, we're reversing any you know provisional credit we gave you if we gave you any at all and we consider this matter closed people are losing thousands of dollars in these atms and this isn't some scare tactic for me to say hey don't use the atms hell i use them all the time that's how i deposit my cash but i have seen errors like this before where the cash is just eaten and there's no receipt or credit given and bank of america used to fix it now bank of america is not fixing it anymore and what they're doing what they're doing is they're basically playing the the shame game and the blame game on the customer and they're saying hey, well, you know, you should have let us know, and maybe the customer gives an inexact amount, say it's $700, and they said, well, I think it's 650 So that incorrect amount that you gave over the phone is now going to decline you because they're going to say, well, we don't have something for 650 so unfortunately we can't credit you, we can't reverse anything that happened, uh, the matter's closed. You have to be right on the money with the exact amount of money you put in. Secondly, you gotta hope and prove that a receipt popped out that said that there was an error because Bank of America's quote auditing these ATMs and they don't. Bank of America rarely touches their ATMs except the ones that are in the branch. And you know, vault tellers have to fill the cartridges with cash and whatnot. So the ones usually that are outside are fulfilled by, you know, cash logistics, a service truck, an armored truck. So Brinks or Loomis or any of these places fill the money in, they pull the logs, they pull the deposits. And they're not Bank of America employees, but they're merely, you know, vendors, if you will. So if they pull the receipts and say there's no errors, and then they count all the money, and maybe the money is over, but, you know, they don't say, hey, who do we give it to? The bank just keeps it and says it's over. So I have helped people in Texas primarily with this, but in California as well, say, hey, I have a receipt saying that I went to ID 1234 to make this deposit for a thousand dollars and it said only 200 was available and it told me to call for the rest bank of america is declining these people and the reason why these atms are glitching it could be one of two things the software can be glitching whenever they do new firmware um i know that a lot of these atms are um giving out tens and hundreds now i believe some of them are giving out 50s as well and that's cool i always thought that that was a great thing that banks did need and it's a step in the right direction in my opinion but they have to download new software and they have to install it and it's all you know, it's like installing software on your computer you know sometimes it works sometimes it slows everything down so i think whatever new software is on these atms especially for the older ones um it's glitching and it's causing these reboots and it's causing people to lose out on so much money the second part of why i think this thing is happening is just overuse you know, Bank of America, say what you will, and I say a lot of crap about it, is doing a great job of showing people of alternative ways of banking. That's why there's only one teller in most locations. So basically, whenever they're referring people to the ATM to make deposits or withdrawals, that machine is getting, you know, probably 10 times the amount of work than it did for a similar type of machine in ATM 15 years ago. 
everyone is using it for deposits and for withdrawals and all that. So it's like an overworked computer. It's like an overworked cell phone running, you know, Netflix 4K movies for eight hours straight. It's going to get hot and that battery is going to drain and it's not going to work as good as it should. And it's going to glitch. So I really think a lot of these ATMs are being overused because, frankly, people are being pushed out from the you know branch managers and bankers saying, well, we recommend that you deposit your money at the ATM because of the long line or that way you get credit faster or whatever. And it's causing these errors. And I really think the claims department's so backed up that they have these kind of measures in place whenever too many people file a claim that they stop giving out credit for provisional um, you know credits for claims. And that's crazy that they don't do that. And what's happening is, you know, a lot of my customers can't pay rent, they can't pay the bills, and they're waiting for 10 days only to get a letter saying that we found no errors. I really do not believe Bank of America is checking for errors. I really believe that this is kind of an escape for them to just not help people. And what are you going to do whenever the bank, you know, declines a claim for something that you know happened to you? They're going to be pissed and leave. They're basically seeing it as, hey, you know, we can get rid of this customer who's basically taking up all our time just because we lost $200 of theirs. How we'll take the loss. I really do believe banks think that. I just can't believe I'm saying it out loud. But I've always thought that banks always look for ways to kind of alienate customers that they don't want there. I know this. I lived in New Mexico where everyone is basically poor. This is just something that I'm just used to living in a state that doesn't have a lot of money. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this once. If you have the opportunity to go make a cash deposit, if it's something that's more than $500, let's say it's more than 20 bills, do it inside the lobby. I know it sucks. I know you have to you know, wait in line for 20, 30 minutes, and you had to listen to all the sales pitches and stuff. But I'd rather get a paper receipt that says that that money went in. I do not trust these ATMs at the moment because of the glitches that are happening nationwide. And it's not even about the glitches. You know, These ATMs have glitched for years. I've seen them ha you know, with my own two eyes. A machine rebooted, and I was without $300 at a Wells Fargo ATM about five years ago. So these things have happened to me, so it's something that's not foreign to me. But what's happening is, even though these ATMs are glitching, the, the process for claims has changed so much that where you used to get an immediate credit right away, Bank of America is now making you wait up to 10 days dependent upon the schedule for audit by the cash logistics services. So basically, you're SOL until someone checks the machine, and even then, it may not lead to the money going back into your account. I'm currently fighting uh, for three people that I'm helping um, through Twitter uh, for their money back. They have receipts. They have proof that they were putting this money in, yeah, Bank of America is declining it, saying that they can't find an error on their side. And they're essentially keeping these customers, um, keeping their money. And I know where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm sure you've heard the analogy that, hey, one out of every 10 people on the highway is drunk. It's probably more than that. It's just the, the best educated guess. You know, I, I, I would say for every one person who gets screwed over at the ATM and announces it on Twitter to where I come to the rescue, or try to anyway, that I guarantee you that there's probably three or four of the people that are meeting the same fate and they don't know that they can escalate it to social media. They don't know that they have ways to kind of fight this. They just say, oh, well, better luck next time. I lost 50 bucks in this thing and they didn't give me a receipt or whatever. So I'm not even going to get down because they're not going to believe that that happened to me or anything. People think that way and they lose a hell of a lot of money and it really is horrible. So... You know, with the ATM, be very cautious. Don't put a lot of money in. Break it down into separate transactions. Um, you know, I'd rather deposit $500 over the course of three deposits over three days than $500 in, you know, fives and tens is huge stack one time. 
because for every bill that's dog-eared or folded is one opportunity for that thing to get stuck in the machine to reboot and not accept deposits anymore don't give it an opportunity to screw you don't give it an opportunity to mess you up so you know unless you absolutely positively want to do it at the ATM just be really really cautious and deposit large amounts of cash especially if it's over I'm just gonna say five hundred dollars inside the branch if you have accessibility to one because I'd rather have a paper receipt that has a teller's name transaction number teller number uh, location of the branch where the deposits made because you have more fingerprints on that receipt you have more uh, bits of proof that they accepted your cash and they gave you receipts showing they accepted your cash. The ATM, you're hoping that that receipt prints out, and if it doesn't, then whenever you call claims, you're going to say, "What's the INMD number, or the the ATM ID number?" You're not going to know to take a picture of that or remember the number. You're not, and then they say, "Well, what's the street address of your ATM?" Oh, it's on Smith Avenue. When in reality, Smith Avenue is the cross street, and it's really Jones Avenue. I mean, stuff like that happens. They'll decline your claim if you get the address wrong because they say, well, we can't locate it, so we don't know how to file a claim until you get us the exact address. It's a way of dissuading you from filing a claim. They're going to find ways to get out of that and weasel out of that, and they're not going to send out you know, a top investigator to audit their ATM, someone who makes $20 an hour, and you know, look at you know data logs for five hours to see your transaction that happened somewhere between 5 and 8 p.m. on a Sunday. No, they want specifics. That way they can isolate it and fix it if they find it. If there's any bit of doubt in your head whenever you're filing a claim, they're going to exploit the hell of that and use it to keep your money. I'm just being as flat out blunt as possible about it. Make note of your surroundings. You know, take a screenshot of your phone the minute that you go to the ATM. That way you have an exact timestamp of when it happened. Log it in a piece of paper somewhere. Take a picture of your money before you deposit it. You know, take a Snapchat video of you depositing your money in the ATM so you can show people the glitch. Someone posted a glitchy ATM this morning before I recorded the podcast. Do that. Why the hell not? What, are they going to get mad at you for filming the ATM? No, it's your money and you want to make sure that it's going through right. So make as much documentation as possible. You know, make sure you get the ID number, the time, the amount of money, the broken down denominations. That way they can spot it and that way they can figure it out because if you don't, trust me, they're going to find a way to screw with you. Don't I know this? And I used to hate, I used to get yelled at for taking, um, for not taking enough people out to the ATM for their initial deposit. I didn't want this crap to glitch while I was helping the customer the very first time they're in my bank, so hell with that. I'd rather get a teller receipt, and I would get in so much trouble um, having people you know, go to the teller line, even if there was no one waiting in line. They'd be like, you need to show them how to use the ATM. Why? So it can mess up? Why? So we never see them again and we don't get any more sales? It's so stupid. Made no sense. But guys, please be careful with these ATM deposits. There's so much going on. I hope to have some good news about liberating and rescuing money from these ATM deposits in the next podcast. Um, but just be aware. Please be aware. You know, whether it's this, whether it's, you know, the alternative way of banking that banks push and they say, hey, this is the way to go because it's faster and quicker and you don't have to deal with long lines. Guess what? You do have to deal with long lines because there's so many people doing it now. Um, whether it's Bank of America making an announcement that alienates one half of the population, and within that same news headline, they find a way somehow to alienate the other half of the population, and the simple fact that you know banks are just eating it right now because they're trying to please everyone. When in reality, you know what? Just do your job and take our transactions and help us out with our finances.
Guys, that is your reasons why your bank sucks. My name is James Baca, and after this brief promotional consideration, we'll be back to wrap it up. So please, please, please stick around. Alright, we are back. Thank you so much to everyone who listens to this. Go to patreon.com slash wirebanksucks to donate at least $1 to our project here. We're looking to keep on um, doing this full time, so any little bit helps. If you donate $1, that's awesome. $2 gets you more podcasts. $5 gets you some merch. $15 gets you even more merch and my books. And $35 gets you actual paperback books and a t-shirt. So if you can find a way in your heart to donate money to this podcast and help me continue to fight the battles for you, I will be most appreciative of that and thank you so much in advance for that. Of course, subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review on iTunes, folks. You don't know how much that means. If you like the work we're doing, even if you don't like the work we're doing but you hate banks, leave a five-star review. That way we can go up the charts. That way we can exert more influence on these bigger banks and help more people. At the end of the day, that's all I care about. Yes, I want to make money, but at the same time, I want to help customers as well. A couple of books coming out. Bank of America Nearly Made Me Homeless and Beer Money, both available on Amazon soon, along with other books that I'm writing about Zelle and um, a complaint book that's uh, ongoing. And that book can be an encyclopedia by the time I'm done. Um, it's an amazing time to be doing this, guys, and I'm really thankful that you guys can listen to this and learn something, and sometimes the topics are really hard to discuss, and I'm really glad that you guys are listening to them. That way we can have a discussion with so many people about it, and I really think it's important to have those discussions. Follow us at Bang Screwed Us, our running commentary vigilante customer service. Um, on Twitter, at James B. Is right, it's my personal Twitter, mostly just gym pictures and Vegas musings and sports takes but that's just what i do that's just what i love um of course wirebanksucks.com for past podcasts and more information about our philanthropy and other things that we have going on our voicemail line area code 575-322-4127 if you have any complaints and also for sponsors too if you're interested in sponsoring wirebanksucks call that number or email us at james at wirebanksucks.com for more information it's an affordable way to promote your um, business and guess what our podcast is growing we have 8,000 average listeners now and we're gonna have 8,000 more in the near future i'm gonna work 19 hours a day to make Make my project the best that it can possibly be and i'm gonna make your product your business the best i can possibly make it um through my hard work and my salesmanship there's a lot of skills that bank of america gave me one of them is the gift of sales so i will help promote the heck out of your business your product if you join our team james at wirebanksucks.com area code 575-322-4127 for more information Um, Thank you so much again for listening, guys. My name is James Baca, and I just told you why your bank sucks. So we'll talk to you very soon, and we'll have another podcast early next week. Enjoy the 4th of July weekend. Have fun. Be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much.